Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. We feel good. Oh, oh good. That's good to hear. I like the word good. Good. It's got two, it's got two O's. It's yeah. like goo. It's like goo. You know? Yes, but good. Yeah. Hey, good. everybody. Hi. Hi. Uh, uh, my name is David Bell. And I'm Hannah Michaels. And we just watched Suburbia 1984. That's pretty important. 1984. Yeah. 1984's Suburbia. Not 1996. 84. Meet the kids from Suburbia. There's Jack. Wake up and smell the coffee, man. Sheila. Staff's the new scars are ready. Joe. I'll be there all your life. And Ethan. I feel kind of scared. You'll love him. Or hate him. Metal rejects running wild in our street. You were a baby when this was made, or when uh, this yeah, came out. Yeah, I was out. born. And I was, I was not even born. Yeah, you were just uh, jizz. I wasn't even jizz yet. Almost. Oh, that's true. Almost. You're almost jizz. Um, well, first of all, big thank you to Barry Tumath. Barry Tumath is the patron who said, watch Suburbia. Uh, they have a bunch of uh, uh, punk rock ones that we're going to watch down the line. Fuck um, yes. But since Tom is out, uh, Hannah is stepping in. And Hannah, thank you so much for being a co-host of this We Just Watched uh it's uh it's perfect it's perfect and i just want to ask you right away is there anything you'd like to plug or say to the world uh now now that the world is listening Uh, god damn i am a life coach and my etsy is closed so i have to plug the coaching which is really boring on a comedy podcast but you're so good at it i i uh, you should plug it. I, I am good at it. And I'm especially good at um, what I think some people listening to this podcast might be interested in, which is helping people brainstorm creative shit. Um, I'm really good at helping you stick with an idea or helping you get back in touch with what made you fall in love with a creative medium. Yeah, I so dead serious. I know I am a biased party. But I would use your services 100%. Because um, the the big thing, and I know this isn't a podcast about this, but like when you're writing a, a screenplay, sometimes you don't want to do a co-write, but sometimes you need someone to bounce ideas off of. You need both. And you can't just like force someone to do that. So like that's, uh, amongst other things, that's the type of service you're offering. Yeah. I mean, you can barely ex- get your friends to read it. Exactly. It's legitimately useful. Uh, in my opinion, from a creating st- a creative standpoint, but uh, is that it? Is that is that your pluggies? 
I guess so. It's um, my email is hannahmichaelsla at gmail dot com. So it's H A N A M I C H E L S L A, and um, my socials are just my name, which is spelled that way. I know it's weird. So yeah, those things. And Very email smart. me if you want coaching. Very smart to actually provide contact information. <laughs> yeah, but please, I wouldn't have done that. I would have forgot yeah. to do that. Well, also, please don't email me if you don't want coaching. I have so many emails. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't just email pictures of your butt to her. But also, if you have a cat and that cat has a butt, that's okay. Yeah, you're a pervert. You're a you're a sex pervert for cats. Uh, you want to talk about suburbia? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to. I want to start with. Um. So this is all right. This is a Roger Corman produced, uh, directed by Penelope Spheris, uh, who you might know from the, she's the director of Wayne's World, uh, and I believe a bunch of, like, her last movie was, I think it was fucking, like, Senseless or something. She did a bunch of comedies. She she did um, Black Sheep, The Little Rascals, Beverly Hillbillies, but in the beginning of her career, she did a lot of stuff like this, uh, The Decline of Western Civilization. She did a lot of punk and metal stuff. Which makes sense why she would go on to do Wayne's World. Yes. Roger Corman, are you familiar with Corman? I am not. He is basically, you're familiar with like Lloyd Kaufman and Troma. Yeah. He was kind of Troma before Troma. Okay. He, uh, he made just like movies that are like somewhat cheesy, exploitative. He, but much like Troma, he, his, like, he, like uh, James Cameron, I think, got his first job under corman uh ron howard scorsese dennis hopper jack nicholson william shatner they're all people around corman so it, it was just makes sense that this is a corman film uh and so for people who haven't seen this movie it's it's a it's a punk rock film it's a group of punks hanging out and kind of having a uh a little adventure yeah it's um, it's very much not our it's probably our era of music, but it's not our era of being in the scene. A hundred percent not. Yeah. It. Well, it, yeah, it gave me the same. I, I mean, there's a lot of vibes I got from this that I'm like, I recognize these people or this situation. But yeah. I, wanna, I do want to start with how did you like this film? Um, I felt like it accomplished some of the things it was trying to say and didn't do so well with others. I think looking back... Um, making a cop the good actor in a film that, you know, is really meant to uh, showcase the punk ethos is not necessarily uh, great. Yeah, that's I think they're one misstep. And I do think I know why or what their reasoning was, which is that the movie makes a big deal of the fact that the cop is black. And I think the idea was that as a black man, he understands the trouble that can happen. I think that's what they were trying to imply. But in the end, they, they this movie is way too sympathetic towards cops. Yeah. And I think uh, they sh they'd show that a little bit with his white partner, but they, yeah. they don't really... Um, yeah, it's way too sympathetic towards cops to then, um, you know... Yeah. This era Did, of punk was still very much fuck cops. Yeah, and they, they act that way. Like, the they punks do. act that way. They do. That's the thing. This isn't a punk But it's punk very rock... much fuck you dad cop. Yeah. 
this isn't necessarily a punk rock movie so much as a movie about punks, if that makes sense. Have you yes. seen this movie before? No. I had, I mean, I, I've, I told you this. Yes, please tell I, me, tell everyone the story. I, uh, so I have a G, the letter G branded on my forearm, uh, which was branded on there by a, uh, a clothes hanger that was bent into a G that we heated on a, um, on a stovetop. Uh, and if you've seen this movie, you probably know what I'm getting at. I lived in a punk house and one night the movie Suburbia came on. Um, I don't quite remember the details because I, you know, was drunk and, uh, it, they do a part in this where he's like, if you live here, you got to get a burn. And we were like, Oh, that's so funny. Let's do that. So we did that. And now me and like six other people in the world have fucking G's on our arms because we thought that was funny uh, and a good idea to do. <laughs> so point being that this movie, you know, so there's, I have a lot of uh, uh, personal connection to this movie and you like, don't remember. the punk scene. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, but I think watching it this time, because the last time I saw it, I was wait, like, wait, 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 uh, I'm sorry. Just to provide background to everyone. It looks like a six and his is the best one. Yeah. Oh, I went first. I went first. I've told this story before. I went first because my mom told me if you're ever nervous about something, go first. And I was <laughs> like, okay, well, I'm going to go first then I'm going to be the, the test, the, 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 the canary in the coal mine for this. And the reason, because I went first, what that actually meant is I got the cleanest burn because all the other burns had like the flesh on them, the oh other god. people's flesh. Oh god, yeah. I can't believe you didn't clean this. No, I it's know. I mean, I know fire. why. I know you didn't clean it, but oh my god. Yeah. yeah, the G stands for garbage, as in garbage house, which was where we were living. Uh, it's it's you know, it's a punk tradition. I would say we had punk houses before. We had seen suburbia. So I think that's why it spoke to us where it was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's just a thing that happens. We also lived with a punk who was um, who literally lived this film like he was 18, 19 in 1984 and right. a punk and a runaway. And this film is mainly about punk runaways. My big surprise watching this this time around as like an adult and not like a drunk punk is uh. This movie is made with a lot more intent than I had recalled. Penelope Spheris, obviously, she wrote and directed it. Obviously, she's a good director. Um, but watching it this time, like, for so, for example, they cut to the Vandal song singing The Legend of Pat Brown. Yes. Um, do you know that song? I do. That song's about a punk who tried to run down cops with his car. Yeah. This is the final song and show before the finale of the film, which is involving someone trying to run them down with their car. So it's stuff like that where I'm like, oh, she thought about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's thinking about like the songs and like the intention. This movie is bookended by the murder of a child. Yeah. And I think that is a very clear statement, which is that... Um, it's always... So it's also bookended by stray dogs, which is part of that statement too. Yes. The, the movie begins almost as a non sequitur is this, this girl hitchhiking, um, who I assume is someone we meet later. I don't even know. Oh yeah. No, she's, we see her getting her haircut in the house. She's the one with the scars on her back. 
Oh, okay, That's that her. makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. We don't. She's we don't, a main character. We don't recognize her because her hair's not long, but it's the same person. Right, and she. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So she's a runaway. She encounters a woman with um her kid. They she picks her up, gives her a ride. The car breaks down. They go to a payphone, and as they're at the payphone, a uh uh quote big quotes vicious dog yes. a happy dog that they dubbed to be vicious yes um runs up and just mauls the shit out of the child yes and and that's how the movie begins um uh, i love when movies do this because the dog yes. is always so well trained and so happy to be there and they have to overdub so much when the dog is clearly not barking and clearly just wants to jump on you and play and yes. it could be this was a purebred doberman like this was not a wild dog this was a purebred doberman that was playing happily with a baby doll um, yeah. and it's having a great time it's having so much fun um yeah it's uh there's a lot of dogs having a great time there's also a sequence where they shoot dogs and i know they didn't actually shoot dogs so what it feels like is a sequence where they tripped dogs yes <laughs> and i'm like well that's still mean it's not nice but it's also <laughs> i were those dogs trained to just roll over in that way maybe yeah no no absolutely i mean again roger corman there's a reason he made so many movies he's not a I mean, I don't. I'm not about to vouch for Robert, Roger Corman, but the point being that, like, he knew how to make a responsible film for the most part. It seems these this dogs is still 1984. Were cast. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of these dogs were visibly either purebred or recently groomed. Yes. Um, all of these dogs visibly had owners. Like you could right. tell these dogs were cared for. Um, right. So. I mean, purebred doesn't mean they're cared for, but like all of these dogs had visible signifiers, even if they had taken their collars off that like this dog goes to the vet and the groomer. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 100 percent. It's a Hollywood dog. Yeah. And, this is um, a Hollywood dog that's probably yeah. trained to fall down on command. Yeah. It goes without saying, by the way, this is a Roger Corman film that she cast real punks for this, which also means she cast bad actors. <laughs> Yes. Like the acting <laughs> in this is terrible. I'm just going to say this out front. If you're not into punk, this movie has nothing for you. I don't think it's no. a bunch of punks doing terrible, like Tommy Wiseau level acting. Um, and it's kind of like a gritty movie that as we've already established has kind of upsetting shit in it. It has a uh, uh, dogs getting shot, a kid getting killed. There's a scene of sexual violence. There's a couple there are two it, um, scenes of sexual violence. Yeah, I was about to say there's a, yeah, there's there's a later one which I want to talk about because I actually think once again there's a reason for it. And that's what I think is really surprising to me watching this film is again I think this is there's a lot of intent. And so going back to the dogs, it establishes this idea that this town is run overrun with stray dogs. Later a character says we think all the wolves came out from the mountains and fucked the dogs <laughs> and made all these wild dogs. And they are seen as a nuisance. And it begins with a dog killing a child. So it's this idea of like, we need to get rid of these dogs. And these hicks go around and they're shooting the dogs. And they're like, they're pests. We got to get rid of them. Um, the other theme that we start with is a series of teenage runaways. We start yes. with this girl. Then we do uh, Evan, who leaves his suburban home because his mother is like abusive, alcoholic. She's not over the top. 
And then you learn that like some of these kids ran away for stupid reasons. Yes. A kid ran away because his dad is gay. Yeah. Um, a kid ran away because his uh, his other dad is a cop. And it's like, okay, I sort of get that. Um, but it was he's like, it's worse. He's black. So it's like, okay, so they're, so they're you're racist. So you're a piece of shit. And yeah. Yeah. These kids aren't, the main characters of this film aren't great people. No. Um, but they're not bad people either. They're just kind of idiots. Yeah, and they're young, you know? They're young idiots who are very 80s. Yes. And what and again the movie seems to know this which is key. Like the movie's not like when he says like oh my dad's gay. It doesn't feel like the movie's like can you believe it? This kid's dad's gay. Isn't that outrageous? Like the movie knows that what the kid's saying is fairly ignorant. It yeah. feels like. Yeah, the, the I think also the movie kind of sees is is presenting the character and because his line de- delivery isn't great it's not a hundred percent but presenting the character saying that's not the worst part he's black as a joke a- about that character oh like he's ironically saying it no i mean this is a joke oh, like it's on yes, on yeah. the character that that's what he sees a hundred percent i would argue the the black cop who's who we're talking about the dead is supposed to be kind of the hero of the story. Like, I think the idea is he's supposed to be I mean, the, he's a the good most sympathetic dad. character. He is a good dad who yeah. wants to look out for his son despite the fact that he has run away. Exactly. And I think what the movie is very clearly establishing, and I would say this is very true of a lot of punk scenes, is that suburban punk rock which is exactly what this is southern california or anywhere because i was part of a fairly suburban punk rock scene i would say is a group of generally white males who are either generally in a fucked up situation that they had to escape or they're just kind of brats yeah (laughs) um they're just kind of like i don't like my parents and run away it's the whole spectrum and this movie makes a point to show like it is the a whole spectrum. Sh- yeah, the character Sheila, who's the hitchhiking runaway, is genuinely in need of help. Yes. As opposed to the kid who's like, I hate that my dad's gay. You know, like it's the whole spectrum they're showing. Yeah. Right? And I think that when I started going to punk houses, these were 18, 19 year old punks who had already moved out. And what I saw, because it was LA, a lot of former Scientology kids. Right. A lot of people who out. had nowhere to go because they left a cult. Right. Because the one constant they do show in this, because like even, even the kid who's just running away because he doesn't like his parents, the parents aren't stopping them. And yeah. that is a key part is that the, the, even if the reasons are petty, they're still in a household where clearly the parents didn't give enough of a shit. Like the kid who's mad just because his dad's gay. His dad keeps just going up, running away again. Where are you coming back? Like he's clearly like he's done this a few times and the dad has just given up on this kid. Right. Yeah. And I, I can also see doing that as a gay person in the 80s because you kind of have accepted living with a level of prejudice that is not acceptable right but the movie definitely is trying to because in the shots it's intentional where when he leaves they show the dad just drifting in the pool yeah uh, as a reaction shot and it's showing like he doesn't care yeah um and 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 so 
that is the uh, the through line of these kids. And if you haven't figured it out, there is a direct metaphor between these kids and the stray dogs. Yeah. Um, that are running around, and they of course adopt a stray dog. And by the um, t- by the time that I got to the scene, it was very different. Like I would go to shows at the Smell, which is an all ages venue, and then there would be lines of like minivans of parents to pick their kids up. Yeah. <laughs> from oh, the I Smell. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You go to like church shows, church basement shows, and stuff like that, where it's yes. like everybody. Oh, there has was to a be, place called uh, the. I looked it up while we were watching. There was there was once a place called the Church of Fun. Um, in East Hollywood, <laughs> which was just a condemned church that a bunch of punks either lived in or did shows in. And um, right. it was nasty. There, the only way to go to the bathroom was a porta potty with a lock that was just like a like a um, a little uh, hook and a fork. And you stuck the fork in the hook and it nice. was gross as fuck. Um, yeah, that sounds someone. I bet someone ate something with that fork at some point oh i'm 100 like percent sure as yes. like a punk flex yes a hundred percent and when i looked it up online while we were watching this movie half of the negative reviews are from people who didn't know what they were getting into and half <laughs> of the negative reviews were from people who clearly lived there <laughs> the funniest punk show i went to was actually in london it was a um it was a squat house show where to it, this is all right so folks this is like the 2000s i want to make that clear because you had to call a phone number like you had to go to a payphone call a phone number we all we were given was a phone number and they said call this number between like six and seven on this day and they will they all you'll get is an automated voice telling you a subway stop or i guess underground because it was london whatever um and the tube the, the tube mind so the gap we, 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 yeah, to go to the we, tube we did that we minded the gap it's <laughs> i'm making fun of it but by the way their subway system is amazing it's much better it's, than ours yeah, yes it's, it's much better than, better than new york city at, yeah or chicago or any of our cities right so i uh, you took it we we did the tube uh we, we we went got off at the stop and then we're like what now and we started seeing chalk arrows so we started following them. We got a little lost, but then we saw a dude with a mohawk and we're like, follow that dude with a mohawk. Right. We found the more chalk arrows and it led down an alleyway where in retrospect, we probably could have been murdered and, but it led to an alleyway with like a rundown house, like almost like a holdout house. Does that make sense? Like an yes. up, yes. like in this alleyway and it was a squat house in the, f- the basement was a punk show where you saw the band, the Interterrestrials, which were fucking fantastic. And the next two uh, floors was like a rave. <laughs> and the weirdest part was that as the night progressed, the rave people started wandering into the punk show and the punks did not like that at all. Uh, it was a fun time, though. Um it was it was good, but it I has feel like to do the era this. of punks that that I came up with would have been like, "Hi, welcome!" Like, oh yeah, come well, over. There's some of that too. Yeah, please, please turn off the flashing lights, but come over here. Right, and please, so I want to bring your yeah. pacifier. <laughs> uh, there was a three-legged dog in the mosh pit having a great time. No one was hurting the dog. The dog was just like, "We're all playing and running Aww. around." Yeah, it was great. Um. But this this uh, this movie to bring it back to the movie contains several shows. Uh, T S O L D I is in this. D I, by the way, is in the porn parody of this film. There's a <laughs> porn parody called Little Runaways that I've seen, and D I is in both this film and the parody, <laughs> which I think is funny. Um, and uh, the Vandals, of course, plays later. Yeah. But 
at the first show they show, a woman gets all her clothes ripped off. And we were talking about it, and my view of this, she gets her clothes ripped off in the mosh pit. And then security gets involved, and a guy says, like, hey, everybody, like, the lead singer of DI is like, hey, everybody stop this. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, you're ruining your own scene, is what he says. Yeah. And then security escorts the woman out, or rather girl out, because it's supposed to be like a teenage girl. And no, it's the, not. It's the wife of one of the suburban people. Oh, really? Remember the, the Elks You're Lodge meeting? You're so be- much better at paying attention. Well, remember the Elks Lodge meeting, which, by the way, they did, they filmed it at the Burbank Elks Lodge, which is, there are no Elks anymore, so now they, our friend hosts wrestling, pro wrestling there. Um, of course. It's pretty great that that has become inherently much more punk than an Elks Lodge could ever be. <laughs> um, I would, I, wrestling, pro wrestling... It has nothing to do with punk music, but it's just kind of There's a... an intersect. It's a punk approach to wrestling, yeah. I would say. I would say it's a very DIY, campy approach to wrestling. For sure. Um, so this woman gets her clothes uh, torn off, and my my instinct was like, I've never been to a punk show where that's been a problem. Most punk shows I go to... This is the opposite of what they'd ever do. They are very mindful of this idea of like, if you want a, a mosh pit to work, you have to kind of be uh, on your best behavior. Yeah. Like I, I went to a show in Florida at this really rundown shitty bar in um, Orlando. And I remember the, the like the, the and I've seen this happen in a few places and you probably have too. The death of a mosh pit is when security decides to get involved it gets violent that's when it gets violent is when a bunch of like meatheads go in the pit and like everybody calm down that's when it gets violent when you let the mosh it doesn't so this felt to me the opposite of everything i've seen which is like i think because it's a woman directing this i think it is an extreme example of an experience that we've all had and whether it's I, a punk show or a mainstream concert, we've all had this experience. And it's not as she as she shows later with another with one of the punks getting her clothes ripped off. It it has nothing to do with the scene. It has to do with the patriarchy. That's what I was thinking, actually. Thank you. Because I think this is supposed to be another metaphor like the dogs and the kids and stuff. Because this movie is kind of a sandwich. It reflects it like it, it it's like poetry it rhymes um <laughs> there this woman gets her clothes ripped off they're told like you're fucking up your own scene later a girl who who turns out to be uh she admits that her father wasn't molesting her but was like almost molesting her and said beating her and like clearly like is the victim of a terrible fucking situation these hicks the same hicks that shoot the dogs slowly grow like mad at the punks and right. they treat the punks like the dogs. They break into the punk house um, and they grab this girl and rip her clothes off. Very similar to what happened in the pit where they're sort of saying you're ruining your own scene. Um, and I think the idea behind this, because what ultimately happens, spoilers, is so these punks also have the main character or the first character, the kid who the first runaway we see, Evan, he brings his little his little brother into the scene as well, and he's in the punk house. And uh, ultimately, like these hicks 
show up at the house, there's a fight, and they get in their cars and try to run down the punks, and the only one they hit is the child. Yeah. So the movie is bookend, and then the movie immediately ends as if the filmmakers were like, oh shit, gotta go, gotta go, cops. Yeah. Like, that's how it feels. Um, and I think this, I think that when you're making a movie about the punk scene in 1984, some of it is going to look like an after-school special. Some of it, yeah. I, I think that there were some accuracies in there, particularly when it comes to the punk house and how one guy's personality is just having a rat. Um, yeah, that not just some guy. Flea. Flea. Flea is in this. We <laughs> forgot to mention. Flea, who apparently it was just in every movie in the 80s, because this isn't a big movie. No. So it's actually kind of like, why are why is Flea here? Flea, what are you doing in I, this? I honestly searched the crowd scenes for my uncle because they were friends and a part of the punk you scene. Should, yeah, you should ask him about this film. Well, I don't uh, I don't think that um I think he was a little younger and I don't think that he uh he was a, a part of this side of the punk scene. He was kind of a part of the mod scene that was a reaction to stuff like that woman's right. clothes getting ripped off. Well, that's, yeah, that's where we're heading with this. Cause the other question is maybe I never saw this in my youth as a punk because this just doesn't happen anymore. Cause what this movie is clearly saying is, Hey, that's wrong. You're fucking yourselves up by doing that. Yeah. And um, I think we both came up in a post riot girl era or feminism yeah where the feminism wave happened yeah you're right and there was also just like a big reconciliation and acknowledgement that punk started with black bands like and latinx bands like there was much more of a of an internal reckoning with that and the scenes racism it wasn't enough but it was much better by the time we got there for sure um, there was, yeah, there was stuff like, uh, like how Nazi skinheads sort of come out of the reggae movement and then they were, they were like, they branched off and by branching off, it created another sect that was anti-racist, which was yes. of course the sect that was more popular. And so like, yeah, punk kind of cleaned itself as it went. Um, uh, you know, like punk, I know like even in the two thousands, there were punk bands talking about how there's too much homophobia in the scene yeah like it's definitely like punk like to filter itself over time for yeah sure. there's there's you know dead kennedy's nazi punks fuck off yeah exactly where it's it started rejecting those aspects um which was very interesting because when i went to punk shows there a hundred percent were nazis there and like skinhead nazis with swastikas and then there were skinheads who hated the nazi skinheads you, you so should say this happen, is in europe because i think every skinhead i have no, encountered has been a nazi it wasn't just in europe there it are wasn't. there are non there are non-nazi skinheads here in the states there's just less yeah. In Europe, absolutely. And so the dynamic would be the I think the ones the in the punks, States have kind of given up with the visual signifiers because they've yeah. been so absorbed. They're still into, like, the oi bands, but they've given up on the visual signifiers, so, the suspenders. You know what the equivalent is here? Is, um, like, the Dropkick Murphy types. Is the um, the the drunken, like hooligans who are into sports and dropkick murphy's the boston there was a group there's like boston bands like not just dropkick murphy's but like blood for blood where there was this group called boston beat town and they were just these like 
really aggressive like blood for blood types like boston and they were pretty much the equivalent of non-nazi skinheads to the point that in the scene where like um i had heard about in boston they like beat up a bunch of skinheads who were going after these punks it's Mm -hmm. a whole there's it's a fucking game of thrones you know yeah uh it's ridiculous i just made it to the punk house drama side of tiktok and i never want to leave oh yeah I, I favorited the video, not wild. because the video was in any way um, that interesting. I just want more punk house drama stories. Right. Um, going back to the movie. Though, Sorry. It's so yes. hard not to. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm doing it too. Don't worry. It, it was going to happen. Um, I, I, I think even uh, uh, Barry, who commissioned this, knew like this was going to happen. So I don't feel bad. Um but the movie itself again has this reflection of like this this sort of the like for example the dogs kill a kid at the beginning and they're like these punks are like the dogs then at the end it's the actual hicks mm-hmm. who kill the kid mm-hmm. it's not them it's not the punks so the movie isn't trying it is a psa like you were saying but it's not trying to say like punk life is bad no it it's not even trying to say don't be who you are because people get mad it's about the idea of like these kids who were rejected, much like the dogs, they're strays, and then they have nowhere to run, they don't really have guidance, and their parents don't give a shit, and then they're demonized, yes. ultimately. Yes. Uh, and the real victims of it all is people like um, Sheila, the girl who ran away, went to the yes. punk scene, and whose character kills herself after this incident. And so it's the idea of like after the there hits are, ripped her, rip her clothes off specifically yeah. because that's so traumatic for her after everything she's gone through, right? And, and so the it's this, I, big escalation in the movie is when the punks insist on going to her funeral because they were her friend, and then they basically when the dad asks them to leave, they out the dad as a molester. Yeah, and then they hit the dad. Yeah, it's a funeral and brawl, he which is deserves delightful. it, and it's delightful. Yes, it's yeah. delightful to see the wreath fall down and all that shit. It's it's yeah. very fun scene, but it's a very serious backdrop. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's also, as you were hinting at, like the misogyny. Uh, I'm glad you picked up on it. Um, is like is a big part of all of this, where it's like them brawling the dad. I would argue they're they weren't great for Sheila either. Like they were no. just giving her drugs. Um, they didn't give a shit. There's this. Macho... I mean, she she got into this this dealer's stash, but they were absolutely giving her access to that, and they didn't. They they weren't like watching after her trauma. They had no idea how to do that. No, and they, I would argue like they part do a part where the punk kid she gets in a relationship with one of the punk kids. And they they go to the mall and they're talking and she tells him what happened to her and he just sort of leans in and makes it a reason to make out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought he was going to hug her because that's yeah. that's the appropriate response. Maybe if she's OK with hugs. But yeah, there's no I mean, it's the 80s. He's not a, he's not trauma informed. This is his right. idea of showing affection for that. And yeah, he's also a teenage it's kid. Kind of damaging. Um, it's well intentioned. Kind of damaging. Yeah, and it, I think that's it's all intentional. Where it's like the idea that these kids, um, they have nowhere to turn. They're trying their best, 
but like there are real victims to this cycle in this yeah. situation. Yeah, and these kids don't have the tools to build a life. Yeah, and there's a very, I think, a really real reason why the people who die in this are the characters who are perceived as like innocent or yes. fairly victims, like the little kid, um, because it's it's that idea of like these guys aren't perfect again. Like they're real, they're real shitheads. I and mean, you could yeah. S- they're, the like, house is a health hazard for sure. Well, yeah, and like they harass people, and, and yeah, um, and so like it's kind of the mess. The point though is that these are like they're still all disillusioned. They're still all kind of victims of their situation, but they also inject. The, I think they really, it really beautifully um, sums up like where this mentality comes from because there's a scene that I just alluded to where. They steal sod, they steal um, grass, and mm-hmm. they go to the mall, and they lay the grass down, and they're watching the TVs, and what the TVs are talking about is nuclear war yeah. and the end of civilization. And they bring it up a few times where they say, like, oh, well, I'll be dead by 2000. And it's this idea of a group of people who have been rejected by their families, yeah. who are then also faced with the constant threat of oblivion, which we couldn't possibly understand that. <laughs> um, and, and so they are just enjoying the moment is the idea it's yeah. pure nihilism and joy and looking back on that nihilism yeah things could get much worse but you have a friend who stopped brushing his teeth because of reagan yeah uh yeah that's the thing is that the 80s like it was for punks it, there was always this looming idea of like this is it like we weren't alive for you know the threat of nuclear war as much um, I mean, we are still alive for that, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like the actual it's time not, where the news was going yeah. on and on about it. Yeah. But, but we, now we have our own version. We have our own version of that now. And that's why yeah. that's why punk persists, whether or not it's underground or whether or not it's mainstream, it will persist. And the ethos will persist more than anything else. Like the... The music will inevitably evolve and change. Um, there will always, right. like, I, I don't think most people, except for my dad, like, listen to modern hardcore bands because we kind of, I don't know. To to me, the ethos of punk has moved a little bit away from that. Well, that's the interesting thing is um, lately I've noticed punk, and this, is, this doesn't surprise me because of the where punk has always been punk has always been for the most part a little more progressive or a little more extreme and so like punk has become more diverse yes um we talked about the riot girl era with the bikini kill all that shit where it's like women uh was able to harness punk and i noticed the last time that was also very queer um right it was a very queer scene as well and um and I was going to say trans stuff is now part of punk. Yeah. And um, I just noticed last time I went to a punk show, way more diverse, way more diverse than when I had gone in the in the 2000s. And this and it was, was this a realization show. This was a very like, old punk band, wasn't it? This was The Addicts, wasn't it? I, yeah, I saw The Addicts. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was that show. That wasn't the last time, last show, I guess I went to. But um, yeah, that was in, it was like this realization of like, all these young people going to see the addicts were way fucking less white than like what I was used to. And it was this, it's this realization that like punk kind of goes 
wherever it's needed. Yes. Uh, and uh, and it evolves there, as needed too. Yeah, and different it's never offshoots not appear as needed. Yeah, it's never going to not affect like white suburban kids for sure. Um, it's never going to not be also this movie. Yeah, um, but it's just interesting how that works uh, uh, with punk, and it's that's is part of the reason why like. It it probably won't go away. Um, I mean, in sense of like fandom of the music, right? Like I haven't really like all the punk bands I listen to are all like thirty years old. So I'm like, I don't know how new punk scene has been, uh, because I'm an old fucking you know, I'm just yeah. an old stubborn guy. Yeah, I mean, I I think I've listened to like a lot of a lot of younger people doing like post-punk and like grunge inspired shit that's much more socially progressive and it's it's different but it's the same the ethos is the same the uh the rebellion is the same it's just it's just um you know there's more understanding like every every single like humanity there's right. just more understanding yeah. as we keep as we move along and keep hearing yeah, different voices. It's evolving with the times. Uh, yeah, for sure. And for I played sure. you. I played you a song about because one of the punk houses that I used to frequent, and I was older than everyone else by that time. But like their biggest drama that we saw. Granted, there were internal dramas that I didn't pay attention to because they weren't a big deal. Um, that I ever saw was like they kept having this cat on the roof and they wrote a song about it and it was a really good song oh yeah that's perfect but it was just kind of it was just kind of funny about like how this is the thing that's happening is just there's a right. cat on the roof oh yeah i mean the band i when i was in that punk house i lived with a band and there were a few songs about specifically about garbage house yeah um they had a song called Whiskey or Rent. Uh, <laughs> there was a song called Let's Get Evicted. It was fun. Um, yeah. Shout out to some lines in this film. There's, of course, uh, the guy saying, uh, 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 I'd like to fuck your brains out, but it doesn't look like you have any. Uh, then there's, you got to get a burn. My favorite line is when he, the guy is like thirsty and is going to get water and he gives him beer and goes, drink this water's no good <laughs> which is like such a perfect punk line um that i re- realized like i know why she made wayne's world like there's a lot of like driving around in cars hanging yeah. out stuff saying stupid um, shit yeah yeah there's also some really good shots when they bring the girl kills herself they bring her to her parents home and there's a shot of the suburban house and they're all just like standing outside of it in this very like you can tell i think i know what that, neighborhood this house is in i think this oh, house is this near lacma um it it's great because you can tell she was like okay everybody stand exactly where i w- tell you to yes like she really uh composed the shit out of that shot yeah um and it's such a great juxtaposition of them just holding this girl and it, and the dad's reaction to her yep. being dead was just not he didn't cry he doesn't, he doesn't get yeah. upset he just gets angry at the punks for existing and that's right. like a perfect encapsulation of how he treated and felt about his daughter 
Right, because he blames the punks, but it's and like again, there's a case to be made that the punks don't help her, but they they, they don't have that responsibility. Don't. But but they, they don't know to, you know, don't like they're know to. the parents yes. are the reason she's dead. Yes, and they 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 go through that in the funeral and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't have much more to say about this movie other than this movie just has a lot of like way more intent behind it because I had always thought of this movie as like kind of because it's presented like it looks like it's from the fucking 70s like the yeah. quality um it's 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 well shot but it it's and the actors are so bad <laughs> bad yeah most of them <laughs> that like it feels like a very culty film yes but when you watch it you realize like there's a lot of intent and there's a lot of talent behind this movie and what she was trying to say and do and it's kind of, um, I mean, this movie has really high reviews. It should be noted. People love this movie. I don't think we're breaking, like, we're not, we're not, like, breaking it to people that this is a good movie. Uh, if you've seen this movie as, as an adult, you probably think it's a good movie. It has, like, a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's, it's critics think this is a good movie is the point. Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting watching it again and being like, wow. This is really a good movie. Yeah. Like, it, it's not just a movie we I watch while drunk as a punk, because that's mostly how I uh, yeah. and, watch and this movie. The, the sort of cop being the only adult who cares about them is definitely the wrong move, but... Yeah, I do want to talk about that. But he is doing this as a stepdad. Yes, that's the idea. The but there way is... he is acting, I I don't think a cop a cop would actually act this way. But the way he is acting towards this house is as a stepdad, not as a cop. He's right. getting is... information as a cop, which is why they made him a cop. I think. Right. But he is acting as a as a concerned parent. That is the one misstep because there's literally a part where they. They have a town meeting yes. and they go, oh, these punks are destroying property. What are the cops going to do about it? And the cops are like, we are, they're just teenagers. We have other things to um, yeah. deal with. And, it's and like, I was like, and I was like, you 100% LAPD. exist. Yes. Yeah. You 100% exist to protect property. 100%. That is what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is a, a little naive view of cops. Yeah. Uh, I would no. say. This guy would be fired. This guy yeah, would not, I, this guy would have actually, this character would have been disgusted with the force long ago and quit. But I do because still Because he has think, empathy. <laughs> like, Well, I do still think there, she's trying to say something because this movie's called Suburbia. And as we've established, they're, they're white suburban kids who are running away. And some of them have a reason to, some of them don't. Yes. I think what they're trying to say is that these kids do have a level of privilege. Yes. In that the cops don't immediately, they just see other white kids and they're like, they're just kids. Yeah. Like, I do think there's an element of that. And the I one think cop who is looking out for them, yes, he's someone's stepdad, but he is black. Yeah, I I think this movie's, tr I think the thing about this film is that it's, it's not trying to draw very hard lines. It's all kind of, everything's the ideas are bleeding together yes and they're supposed to right yes it's complicated the situation's complicated i think that they could have made him some other civil servant and yeah. 
brought him to that meeting. They could have made him like neighborhood watch. They could have done something like that. Um, some some institution that's actually concerned about crime, maybe like yeah. a, I don't know, uh, or or dam or damage or whatever. They could have made him a fireman or something. Um, I definitely think that a character with this much compassion for punks living in a condemned property would stop being a cop. You know what I think they needed to do is just show other cops being terrible. They tried like to the do that idea a little that he with is, his partner. Yeah. Um, but they should do more because they, they, yeah. Yeah, and I think even then, I think this guy would be ousted. There's no way this guy would not be a pariah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, no, and again, this movie isn't about cops. It just, no, it's not. It's just a kind of a misstep when you're doing a movie about punks. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I have any other thoughts um, other than uh, 323 for a slushy and a six pack. That really bummed me out. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that is uh, uh, not enough money to buy one beer or a slushy anymore. Yeah, that's not even enough for just a slushy, a small yeah. one. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Mm. Uh, any other thoughts on this? You got anything? Um, I couldn't recognize the venue most of the music was performed in, and I would love if someone could message me on Twitter and let me know what that venue was. Um, right, no butt pictures, but the venue, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can send your pets or tell me what the venue was. Pet anuses, really close on their anuses. <sighs> um, or, or yeah, the venues. Yeah. The chicks out. Because on IMDb, it only lists the Elks Lodge, which we don't have those institutions anymore. So now that's just also a venue for shows, yeah. um, which is kind of ironic that the one place that's like... The one place they're using as the bastion of suburbia and shitty, like, privileged adults is now a place that they have wrestling pro wrestling. Yeah. I, I'm guessing most of the venues don't exist anymore or something. I don't know. I mean, it's I'm sure that they no longer exist, but I want to know. Also, I think there are venues like the, the Roxy or the Troubadour or whatever that have become much more mainstream that were oh, yeah, not the Roxy's still here. Yeah. The Roxy did not used to be as mainstream as it is. So well, that, that yeah, could also be venue. another possibility. I never got to go to CBGB's and yeah. uh, I have uh, another addict story is that um, I had like a friend of a friend who I think wrote for maximum rock and roll and the addicts were playing at CBGB's and um, my friend messaged them and was like, can you get us tickets? And then they never messaged back. And then what we learned is that they did message back and the email got lost in their fucking, like it got put in the junk. Oh. And after the show, the email was like, where were you guys? We got you backstage passes at CBGB's for the addicts oh. and a private table. And it was like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, that was my, that's my only CBGB story. And it involves me completely not going. Uh, oh missing man! It. I was yeah. so frustrated. It was it was taken down before I I lived in that neighborhood, and it was taken down before I got to the scene. Oh, and yeah. it's just I do um, believe the last version of CBGB's is, is currently an airport restaurant theme. <laughs> There's a CBGB's restaurant in like a random airport, and it's like wow, that's kind of perfect. 
yeah. in a really depressing way. I love it. Yeah, it's kind of emblematic. I will say, though, there is very close to where CBGB's used to be, um, just an empty lot that is not big enough to hold, uh, it's not big enough to hold the whole band, but they do hold stand-up shows there. Oh, neat. So it is kind of an independent venue that lives on just because it's an empty lot. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it lives on. It's Phantom lives on. Yeah. Doing stand-up comedy. It's, it's, uh... <sighs> <laughs> uh... All right. I think we're done. Are we done talking about suburbia? I feel like we oh, we mostly talked about our own punk experiences. Yeah, we did. But I feel I mean this movie is bad that, that we didn't go through the story chronologically, but also there's not We kind of told the we, yeah, we said there's, it. we we I mean we covered all the plot points for sure. And it's not there's because it's so bookended, it's hard to go through chronologically without jumping around. Yeah, and I I'm looking at this and I'm like I covered all all my notes, all the things I wanted to say about this film. Yeah. Um, I, oh, so, I have one more thing to say. Flea is not credited as Flea. He is credited as some other stupid name as himself. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. And like, uh, he's like, his name is like Razzle. Yeah. It's very funny. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Again, I can't stress enough. My theory is that Flea was just legitimately doing a lot of auditions during this time. Yes. Because it's weird to have Flea in this film and then also in Back to the Future 3 yeah. or 2. And it's just like, what is, how famous was Flea at this point where he's in this this half a million dollar indie film from Roger Corman and also like a major Robert Zemeckis film yeah. a few years later. I just, I'm, I'm like, I don't understand what flea was to people during this time my theory was he dealt drugs to everybody that would explain why he would play basketball with my uncle every thursday sure or i think he i again i really think maybe flea was just auditioning he was just going to auditions all the time yeah he landed suburbia and was like this is good he landed other films was like this is good too it's just weird that flea shows up so goddamn much yeah uh during this era it's it's i wish i, I don't know what he's doing have brought my thing. uncle in for this because he was in the la punk scene around this mm-hmm. time um and uh i mean he was more closer to like the mod scene and ska and all that but he was in the la punk scene at this time and i wish i wish that i could maybe maybe someday we will be able to bring him in um because he was very much a part of this. And I, the, the scene that I came into was very different looking. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I, he is, I call him the Pete Best of Generation X. Uh, Pete Best, the guy who uh, drummed for the Beatles uh, before Ringo, who went to law school. Uh, he had a chance to drum for Red Hot Chili Peppers, as you know, noted, uh, Right. Um, And didn't do it. And he had the chance to drum for Jane's Addiction. Didn't do it. But who wants to be a drummer, honey? Oh, no, I fully agree. And he fully agrees. He like he said this, like if if I had done that, I might not be alive now. Like he he had to get sober. Um, Um, Yeah. No, I want to. So I did a quick look. Uh, I didn't realize this, and this everything just clicked for me. 
Uh, Flea was the drummer for the punk band Fear, a band I really like, uh, uh, who is noted in this. He, yeah, he was a punk before Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, he and was. In fact, the, the then he Red was Hot replaced Chili Peppers by... is more alternative, but Flea was always that. Flea was always like that connection. Right. Oh wait, no, sorry. He was the bassist for Fear, and then yes, the drummer yeah, of Fear, the drummer of Fear produced the first demo tape from Red Hot Chili Peppers, I believe. So like this is 1984. He's he's in the band Fear. Yes. This is his first role. It all makes sense now. Um, yeah, because that's not a... This. Yeah, yeah, because Red Hot Chili Peppers is not really punk, but we always... I don't even know how we always knew this, just because they were ubiquitous in Southern California by the time I was around. It was actually annoying to hear one of their songs. Because oh, it, it was would, annoying on the East Coast too, hun. Yeah, it was annoying but, on the East Coast. Okay, let me say this. If you grew up next to <laughs> Venice Beach and you heard one chord of one of their songs, the rest would play in your fucking head whether you wanted it to or not. Um, But yeah, there was always a sense of like, there's some connection to Flea and Punk. I don't know what it is. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this is a very direct connection. Um, That makes sense. Uh, He's also in Penelope Sirius's uh, following film or another film she did called Dudes. Uh. And so, like, yeah, he started in that, and then somehow he got into Back to the Future 2 and 3. Don't need to know how. Um, This all makes sense. We've solved Flea. Yes. Uh, And so I think we're good. We have solved Flea. I think we are. So thank you first to Barry Tumath. Thank you. They're the ones who had us do this. Thank you. I had a good time watching Suburbia. Uh, and, uh, Hannah, do you want to, do you want to, first of all, thank you for being on this. Thank you for Uh, having me. This was fun. Of course. Anytime. And would you like to plug anything once again, a bookend, like the murder of a child. You want to bookend this with a plug? Uh, just follow me on Twitter at Hannah Michaels, H-A-N-A-M-I-C-H-E-L-S until I find another outlet that is similar to Twitter, but is not owned by Elon Musk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Uh, I think, yeah, that's, that, that works out. And we're gamefully unemployed is on Twitter until, until we don't have to be, which is gamefully un. We also have a Patreon, which is how this happened. And that's patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed we do um custom we just watch episodes but we also for just five dollars a month have a bunch of exclusive podcasts such as tom and jeff watch batman fox Mulder's a maniac spiel boys star trek the next futurama we watch movies every friday night with our patrons as well uh and that is it for that plug and yeah. uh, so what what else is going on with you? Um, I got to pee. You, you got to pee? Yeah, I've had to pee this whole time. I, I, I hope you also haven't had two because we have one bathroom. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have to. And I have I have a cup in here. Uh, well, so, you know. I don't I'm not making you use a cup. I don't you're not making me. I just want to. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's I mean for, we should we should talk it's about that. It's a sex that, thing. But, it's a sex. Oh, thing. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs>